Welcome to Among Other Things, the podcast about everything. I'm Trent Ashcraft. A great injustice was done. If you listened last week, uh, I sat down with Troy and the part-time critic Kyle Lehman, and we did a ranking of the, the greatest, not a ranking, I suppose, but we determined once and for all what was the best Christmas film of all time. And after we, we, we ended and we went away, I realized that we left off a very, very important film. And that, of course, was the Star Wars holiday special, which I'm not sure it counts as a Christmas movie, but I mean, it doesn't not count as a Christmas movie. So I was, I got so many tweets about it. I got so many, so much hate mail that I decided to sit down tonight and have a Star Wars holiday special of my own, sort of. Actually, uh, if you've been listening this season, you know that we started the season off the very first episode with a a preview of Mandalorian season two with friend of the show, uh, a person whose whose insight I value more than Beskar, <laughs> Collins Hall, and uh, he is here with us again, just as we promised he would be, to put a bow on it and do a review uh, of of the mandalorian season two collins so good to see you good to be back coming live from the mcdonald's on brownsville road <laughs> he found his way out of that sarlacc pit somehow to, to join us here tonight on among other things well collins i uh i'm looking forward to hearing uh your thoughts about Mandalorian season two and about all of the recent star Wars uh, news that, that occurred. Um, Cause to be honest, I, at times I felt it was a bit of a roller coaster season, but before we get into mm-hmm. that, before we get into that, um, not only are, I mentioned last week's episode and the great injustice that was done there, but I also posed a question during that podcast uh, that Collins you you tell me you have an answer for but i listened to the christmas pod um right before watching the um jim carrey grinch and i remembered whenever you uh, recorded the christmas pod you posed the question if whether or not the whoville and the grinch um is the same whoville from important here's a who Mm -hmm. um i think you or uh the part-time critic jokingly um posed the question to the head of the um, cinematic universe and I guess I <laughs> yeah. hold that title now because <laughs> at the end of the 2000, um, 2000 Ron Howard Grinch um, there's one long zoom out shot from somewhere but it zooms out over the town over the mountain mm-hmm. and this entire story has been taking place inside of a snowflake so I think the speck of dust got in a drop of water that turned into the snowflake it melted and then they go on to have Horton here's a who that's that's my interpretation um so needless to say i think uh whatever way that happened chronologically i think you can sleep easy at night knowing that the continuity is there and that they (laughs) are both indeed on a microscopic level and as you said there is a chance that the grinch is a virus um which was maybe (laughs) foretold like 80 years ago or whenever he wrote the Grinch, which <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Well, I, that is the kind of, that's the kind of inside knowledge that I'm, 
that I bring you on the show for, Collins. <laughs> Clearly, I it's been so long since I watched the Jim Carrey version of that because I don't like I it. I hadn't either. You know, <laughs> I hadn't. I was thinking whenever I it's on Netflix, mm-hmm. so I thought, yeah, we'll watch it. Uh, it's not something that my family watches every year, and I don't think I had watched it. <laughs> I was thinking when I sit down to watch it. The last time I watched it was on a TV that they would bring out in elementary school in one of those roller cars, like mm-hmm. whenever you'd have like a special day. And I think that's the last time I watched it. And I wow. liked it way better than I thought I would. So I go check it out. Listen, maybe go check it out or watch the 2018 version with Benedict Cumberbatch, which is far. Superior. I have not seen but- that. And if nothing else, go watch It's a Wonderful Life, apparently. There you go. Well, this concludes our podcast about Christmas films. (laughs) (laughs) The holiday special. There you go. It is a holiday special. Okay. So when last you and I spoke, we sat down and we said, we're looking forward to Mandalorian season two. Uh, We we went our separate ways and that season has come and has gone. You know, give me your, give me your overall, your overall thoughts on this. Well, I definitely want to hear the same from you because one of the most fun and funny parts was either Friday nights or Saturday mornings. It seemed right after I would finish watching it, I would get a text from Ashcraft, maybe one sentence. Um, <laughs> the one that made me laugh the most was just, I hate Moff Gideon. And that was <laughs> Trent's thoughts for the week. <laughs> well, I do. I do uh, hate Moff Gideon. <laughs> Well, you're probably happy. A spoiler warning, I guess, by the way. Yeah, let's stop. We're going to throw that up. A, a spoiler alert is in effect. And and if you have not, if you, you have not watched it, I would, you know, maybe let this play and turn the volume down because we got to get the streams in. But go watch it and do not listen to this until. Yes, I, I do not want to spoil idea. that last episode for anybody. Um, you go so ahead. Throwing that out there. You download this and you listen to it, but you turn the volume off. And then you go ahead and you watch it. So, and then come uh, back. And then listen, yeah, download it again. Yeah. Um, so, spoiler alert in effect, and nerd alert suspended, so you can have this conversation. <laughs> so, I take it wow. that you're a fan of Moff. Uh, I. Well, okay. So, just an initial thoughts on the season first, and then we can we can zoom in on some of these aspects. But I. Loved the first season. Um, I hadn't watched either um, Clone Wars or Rebels in their entirety all the way through. Um, so this was like, yeah, granted, this is in a different league of Star Wars show than those. Um, but I was so captivated and fell in love with the first season. Um, and loved the ending of the first season um, with a pretty clear path of where this was going to go. Yet there were so many... Um, surprises such great um, character developments both for Mando and the child Um, some familiar faces who are new to live action um, and kind of new probably to a lot of the people watching uh, that I thought were handled really really well it stayed um, true to uh, what the show set out to be it never took away from Mando or Baby Yoda but it served them um, which we'll get into, you know, Ahsoka Tana, Bo-Katan, Boba Fett, um, after 37 years making his triumphant return. Um, 
and um, just continued the great sense of every episode felt like its own unique adventure. Um, we can get into that a little bit more too. Um, yet it all s- still felt like such a, each one a, like a building block in this big story, which definitely came to a just chef's kiss crescendo uh, in the last episode that I um, have not been able to stop thinking about since Friday night. I, it, it, it did things to me. Um, not sure about you, but <laughs> when we'll, that X wing, we'll yeah, we'll get to that. off the alarm. Um, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I felt, I felt the season started really strong. Um, the first, yeah, the first episode not, was, the first was episode great. was when they're, they're on Tatooine or, and mm-hmm. they got the big, the dragon, the crate um, dragon. Yeah. Yeah, so, that stayed one of my favorites. I love the way that was shot too. Yeah, that that was such a. I mean, that was like, uh, as is becoming the, the line between what I can watch in my house versus what I can go see in the theater. That line has been crossed. <laughs> it's it's the same thing. There's no difference the, the between quality. a quote unquote TV show and a movie, because um, the quality is so so good. Um, and I felt that way about the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there were some things in there kind of suggesting um, how how would Boba Fett have ever survived the Sarlacc? Well, Mando was swallowed by this creature, and his That's armor protected true. him. Protected him, and and so I think that tells us maybe that's yeah. how Boba Fett's going to get out of there. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I I have to say, I guess it was the next. The spider one? Yeah, the one with the frog lady and the spider. Yeah. Uh, This is where I felt that we were kind of of sticking stories in there that didn't need to be in there. I know they wove them all together, but it felt very much like, well, you go to this place and there you will find a Mandalorian. And then I get to this place and they say, well, now I've got this other mission. But if you help me with my mission, then we will, I will tell you where you can find a Mandalorian. So it did have kind of that that feel to it, um, where I I felt like in the middle of the season, it was kind of predictable in that way. I'm going to go someplace. I'm going to meet somebody. I'm going to have an adventure. I have to help them with this task, so that I can, uh, so that I can move on to the next. So that I can advance. Yeah. Yes. I um, I mean I you know definitely noticed that. I didn't notice it in the second episode. Um, just the second episode was probably my least favorite of the season. I don't hate it by any means. I still think it's really enjoyable and probably one of the scariest um, mm-hmm. things that happened in Star Wars. That was, especially if you don't like spiders, that has to just give you the heebie-jeebies. Um, but the the pattern um, definitely became, you know, noticeable once you get to like episode uh, up until you meet Ahsoka Tano, I think mm-hmm. you kind of are like, okay. But at the same time, I kind of dug that because that is the life of the bounty hunter is you do this for me and then getting in debts and having to help people out and kind of just entangling yourself over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's kind of true to the character. So I dug it and um, it wasn't like each, you know, adventure wasn't exciting. Yeah. So I didn't have as I didn't have a problem with it at all. Um like some I did have, did, a, but I, also, I did have. I understand a why with... people do have problems. I I completely understand. 
you know why. I did have a problem with Baby Yoda, Grogu, I guess. I'm not going to call him that. I'm not going to Baby Yoda. But I did have a problem with him repeatedly eating the unborn children of that frog lady. And she didn't seem to care. I mean, I don't know how many she had in there. Uh, I know, you know, you're amphibians. Yeah. They lay all sorts of eggs. But with the understanding they're not all going to survive. I watch Kratz creatures. I understand this. But uh, I don't, Were they fertilized, though? I mean... But hey, that's that between that her. Make it a little bit better. That's, that's between, between her, her and, and that's between her and Mister Frogman. That's true. You, know? you can probably buy those uh, those frog eggs at Galaxy's Edge like sometime soon. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. we you can, can all we can all you can get them. You can get them scrambled. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like one frog person egg over easy, please. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, I felt that the season was kind of in two parts. I felt that there was everything from Frog Lady <laughs> from the beginning mm -hmm. to essentially um, uh, everything prior to Ahsoka Tano. I thought that that was kind of one chunk of the story that that didn't always do it for me. And I think everything from the introduction of Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, I'm saying that correctly, right? Yes. Everything from that to the end of the season I thought they were hitting on all marks mm -hmm. from that point. I took, I thought it was clunky getting there, but you got so many episodes you got to make. So you're going to, you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money doing it. I too have never watched clone wars or rebels or I, I, I got, yeah. I got two kids and a job. I don't have time. For, for <laughs> I don't have time for all this. Um, so that's why I enjoy watching things on YouTube that catch me up on the things that right. I need to know. Um, it, it seemed like, uh, there definitely was a, uh, when it, with Mando, I know his name's what, Den, Den, Den Jaren. Yeah. Again, I'm going to call him Mando. Den. Uh, yeah. He, his character certainly developed throughout the, the, mm -hmm. the, at the beginning, he's very much, he has the interaction with the guy who's got Boba Fett's armor. He's very offended by that. No one can have that armor. Why are you taking off your helmets? All this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And as the season progresses, not only does he meet other Mandalorians in Bo-Katan and Sasha Banks. I don't know her. Yeah, name. she doesn't have a character name yet, I don't think. <laughs> uh, and, and he learns that there are other people who don't, don't live this way. And then he gets to the point where he's willing to take off the mask, take off the helmet, uh, because rescuing the child means so much to him mm -hmm. that that has become more important to him than this code of of honor or or whatever it is. Yeah, the Where priorities been, get tested. Yeah, that would have been unthinkable the in the first blurred. season. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Um, yeah, in the first in the first season when he would rather die mm -hmm. than show his face to a droid. Yeah. Um. To to now, you know, the last shot is an unmasked. Then, um, so I, I loved. I want to talk about a few of these real quick. Um, the Ahsoka Tano episode again, I did not watch Rebels or the Clone Wars to any extent. I knew yeah. who she was, right? Um, because I saw that terrible, terrible movie, the movie, <laughs> yeah, that started the Clone Wars. And I, I understand the series is a lot better than that, but my goodness, that movie was awful. Yeah. So, so I understood who she was, but I thought 
so it wasn't i didn't have the same effect on me that it did a lot of people who had been watching her as a cartoon for so yeah. long but still that was pretty cool <laughs> it is yeah i i like have not watched either of those shows all the way through um i've probably seen more episodes of rebels because there's so many episodes of the clone wars um not for not wanting to have seen them but i just was not watching them every week when they were coming out years ago um but just being a fan and knowing who those people are and to an extent you have this picture of them in your head of they look like this they're on the show you know they're animated for anyone you do that to when they cross the line into live action is cool and when they're handled uh, as well as I thought they were in the show, given kind of, you know, their own identity in the world of um, the Mandalorian. I love the, um, the kind of contrast in that episode between there was, there was two standoffs happening at one time. There's the one with Mando and whoever the security force mm-hmm. is outside. It's got very much a, a, a gunslinger wild west yeah. standoff and then inside it's much more of that samurai film it's a sam- it's yeah and 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 they're both two two different mono imano matches happening at the same time and the way it cut back and forth yeah the two and of them the tensions fantastic yeah and that just uh i remember we, we talked about this in the preseason uh pod um, that hammering home the influences that um, people like Dave Filoni and John Favreau are taking, um, not just uh, the influence of other Star Wars films, but looking to what influenced the original um, in the samurai films, um, you know, the westerns, the Saturday morning serials, um, and just how of a uh, how much that's shown in those two scenes in particular, where uh, you can look at shots from samurai films and put them up next to um, Ahsoka Tano and I can't think of the name of the woman she was uh, fighting but you can see just how how heavily um, inspired the show was by those other influences mm-hmm. which I think is really cool yeah um, so for me that's when it all the season really yeah. kind of turned around I love the episode where I love the one before that what was the one um, before that I mean I Bo-Katan um that was two she, before that okay i like that one too the one before that was the one where um they go to um the planet with um grief carga carl weathers and mm-hmm. um um cara dune and they get mm-hmm. the ship fixed yeah and they raid the base and they find the clones yeah um that i think sets up so much mystery and possible foreshadowing we'll have to see um i thought that was really really cool i thought that um just the action that episode was great that was actually directed by carl weathers i believe Mm -hmm. um the appearance of the t-shirt guy i don't know if you remember that from (laughs) yeah yeah that got cgi'd out like a week later their their version of the game of thrones uh coffee cup starbucks cup yeah yeah (laughs) um i just thought that was a really fun episode and then that that is when I started to see things fall in place because then he got Gina Carano, um, you know, kind of back in the fold. She mm-hmm. talked to the new Republic guy in that episode. That's when it really started to build yeah. towards the finale. 
Um, but anyway, what you were saying, I think I interrupted. No, no, I, no, I, I agree. I think that they keep hinting at this clone thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I, um, I, I think one theory is that they're going to try to clone the emperor. Um, the other that I, yeah, the other thing that I thought is maybe this is where they got, um, uh, oh my gosh, Snoke, Snoke. Yeah, that this is where Snoke came from because the Emperor says in Rise of I made Snoke. He said I made Snoke, and we saw right another yeah. Snoke in a in a tube. So yeah. um, obviously they're trying to clone some clone something, and they need. You know, we made a joke in the first time you and I sat down about midi chlorians, mm-hmm. and they <laughs> they say without seeing it in an episode. Yeah. They say they, they won't say the words. Yeah, they'll say the they, water. But they need his blood because his M count is so high, and they need mm-hmm. that. So certainly tying it into the 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 second trilogy is uh, the most recent trilogy is is interesting to me. I love the episode where after the child has been taken, they go and get the guy who's I really should have written all this down, but the character whose name I forget, the prisoner, who's former Empire. Yes, Bill and they Burr. have yeah yes Bill Burr. They have to go to this place so that he can uh he can find out the location of midian ship moff gideon moff gideon what did i say midian moff gideon yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> i understand and, and um so they have to go to this this planet and in that we for the first time get to see stormtroopers as first of all they become the good guys because the tie fighters come down and save them yeah and then once they get inside, we get to see them cheering a victory, and and they, we yeah. get to see stormtroopers as as soldiers, as normal people who are who are not mindless, nameless uh, people who get shot, but rather as as people who celebrate and mourn and all these sort of things. And then Bill Burr's character talks about sides that experience. Of that. Yeah, yeah. And how badly, how badly he was scarred be, by having to be a part of that. Um, yeah. So that episode, top shelf. <laughs> I agree. Top shelf. Uh, thematically. Thematically, that, yeah. Uh, and, and the entire um, conversation between um, Mayfeld, Mando, and that officer. Mm-hmm. Um and just the the themes that um, come about in the conversation between Mayfield and that officer specifically, uh, you know, towing the line of, like you said, kind of humanizing the empire while yet still drawing the line that what they're doing is bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought was just, yeah, super, super well done. And again, right in that episode is where you see more development with Mando because that's when he takes his helmet off to scan into the computer and then mm-hmm. you have, you know, Mayfeld who kind of mocks him the whole time. And then at the end of the day, respects him and says, you know, he looks away and says, I never saw your face. Um, yeah. That I, just, it, it was a more, it, it was a pretty intimate um, mm-hmm. moment of character development for the two of them, uh, which, yeah, I thought was, was great. And then, and then, of course, at the end, you get the seismic charge from Slave One, mm-hmm. um, cutting the TIE fighters in half. Best action moment of that episode. Uh, I turned my volume all the way up, rewatched it. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. I also loved. I loved when 
when Mando was on top of whatever that uh, transport they were on. Yeah. And, and the pirates or whoever, who may not Dark. have been pirates. They, they may have been, they, I they think may they have been the freedom people. fighters. Yeah. Yeah. They were but doing the right thing. It's one of those, you know, everyone's terrorist is somebody else's freedom fighter sort of thing. But his constantly fighting them had, to me, it felt like a James Bond film where you're fighting on top of a train or, yeah. uh, or an Indiana Jones or something like that. So uh, I really I really enjoyed that. I also thought, you know, good thing that the Empire finally learned that uh, wheels are, are better than a walker for, for <laughs> traveling. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't have to worry about that thing tripping over. But um, I yeah, want no, to talk about that. That reminded me of the, um, the uh, train heist from Solo. A bit yeah where they mm-hmm. are fighting over the the cargo um and yeah you know you bring up a point of um again just kind of the the themes of that episode in particular explored was like if this were from the outside perspective if you didn't know the guys driving that truck you'd be probably rooting for the people trying to blow it up mm-hmm. um having you know the entire perspective of uh who's right and who's wrong here yet mm-hmm. when you're watching it you want the empire to succeed because you know you have the characters that you are attached to um, behind the wheel, and that I, I need to rewatch that and really have that perspective because I wasn't thinking like that when I watched it. But um, yeah, just the intricacy um, of that episode I loved. Yeah, the the, the empire, there it's, it's it's colonization. It's yeah, it's this outside force that's on this planet pillaging it for a resource. Mm-hmm. That that and then probably gonna gonna... Use, use something bad with it. <laughs> yeah, and and the people there are forced to accept the invader coming and stealing, you know, mm-hmm. stealing what they have. Um, I want to talk about the the final, the final episode. There we go, which was wonderful from beginning to end. Um, in in my opinion. <clears throat> First of all, obviously the thing everyone keeps talking about, the big return, the person we never thought we'd see again, Bib Fortuna. Amen. Did, <laughs> Back and bigger oh, than ever. Overshadowed everybody else, really trying to embrace the idea of being as hut-like as he could be. Um, but no, that that's uh, that's not the, the biggest part of it, although that's a big part of it. Oh, episode. I cried. Did you not cry? I cried. <laughs> I, I did not cry at Bib Fortuna. No, I, I was I don't shocked. Know how they that, got him to look like that. I was shocked that Bib Fortuna was still alive. I assumed he had been on the the sail barge. He was, but, but yeah. you know, maybe there's a lot of I unanswered think, questions. I think at a certain point he said, uh, "I'm getting out of here. Screw this," and you know, <laughs> jumped or something. That's right. He's like, uh, and, and he's look like, at where he let him. He's like Smee when Captain Hook was done for. He's like, I got to get out of here. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of spot on. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so they go, Mando and Boba Fett and Cara Dune. They all go and they go to get um, the other Mandalorians. I don't, Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan and, and Sasha Banks. And Sasha Banks. I, I just need to put a little pet peeve out there for me. I, for many of you know, I grew up, I grew up a wrestling fan. I don't really watch it anymore in my old age. But I'm aware of it. <laughs> but this pet peeve I've always had: anytime a wrestler is in a movie, and they're like, "Here's what we got to do: we got to somehow work in a a wrestling move." 
when she and Boba Fett are fine fighting and she decides to deliver the tornado DDT. Oh, is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> she, she, she did a wrestling move on him and I watched oh my that. Gosh. And I was like, okay, that's enough of this. So <laughs> this is the that, insight that Trent yeah, provides. That did not need to happen. It was like uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock on a, early in his acting career he was i think on an episode of star trek or something and in it oh really he delivered his his signature move during a fight (laughs) and i thought come on now this is stupid anyway so they go and they have this interaction the the tornado ddt the tornado ddt yeah (laughs) i'm gonna have to look that up yeah yeah so uh look out for that in uh season three <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they go and they they recruit them all and and they decide that they're gonna fight we finally get a little bit of an explanation of what the dark saber is um i having not watched rebels and all that i was unaware of the Didn't significance know. of this um yeah. but now we understand why um why bo-katan wants Moff Gideon and wants what he has because she can be the she can rule Mandalore or whatever if she if she has this. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was odd, but now it makes perfect sense when they get to the to the ship and then Boba Fett's just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you want- oh yeah, because he was kind of playing coy, pretending yeah, like, to I, attack. I gotta get out of here. I figured, well, he's gonna come back at some point. Good thing he didn't because he probably would have had an awkward conversation with someone who appeared later yes. had he been there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, maybe my favorite part of that episode is when we're, we see the TIE fighters launching. Yes. Like we, in all the old movies, it's just like, oh, here they come. But when we actually see them now being on the wall or whatever, coming over and the hangar, out, the like yeah. shelf, they like plop down. And... I thought that was so cool and so yes. creative. And then how the shuttle came in, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Loved everything about the no, whole oh, sequence. I, yeah, I that uh, entire sequence is just it. Just when you get different glimpses of stuff like how things work in Star Wars, and there's mm-hmm. more of that world building, uh, I I am completely in. Um, and yeah, and then when they take off, they not just get like plopped down off a shelf and then they go through that like launch tunnel that speeds them mm-hmm. up when they go out it's like oh yeah i might need to uh enlist in the empire because that looks pretty fun <laughs> not gonna lie. it's all those things <laughs> that like um it's all those things that um that if george lucas had had the ability to show it uh, film it and create it in, in the in the 80s 1977 80s, yeah yeah he probably would have liked to have done, but film making technology just wasn't there. Uh, yeah, it is now, and so now we can see. Yes, it. Um, the whole the whole episode had that very classic Star Wars that sometimes gets a little bit worn out of the good guys sneaker sneaking around the bad guy ship <clears throat> to to search for something. But I thought this one did it so well; it was yeah. the, edge, the edge of your seat. You actually felt fearful for for the mm-hmm. afraid for the people. Um, when he finally confronts Moff Gideon, and you see that clearly Grogu has been through a lot. He's tired. 
they have just they have they have he's injured they've experimented on him he's tired and he and 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 he, he needs some eggs. Yeah, Mando was willing to just say, "Hey, I'll take him and leave." That's the, that's the only thing I care about. I don't care about whatever you and Bo-Katan have going on. Just give me the kid. Again, more of this. That's not. This is beyond. Like I have a bounty or I have this mission. Now it's 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 a. This is my kid. A, yeah, it's it's this is my my child. Um. What about the dark troopers? How did you how did you feel about uh, these guys? Um. Well, uh, I loved the introduction of them when they come abduct uh, Grogu. Yeah. Um, I was talking to my sister about it. Um, and I think this is maybe part of the reason I thought they were so cool is that the eyes look uh, reminiscent of Zerg from Buzz Lightyear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that maybe immediately <laughs> stirred something <laughs> up in me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I looked at him and I thought um, Darth Vader, but I'm I, glad you went to Zerg. Oh, no. I mean, you think Darth Vader, but the eyes, the eyes in particular. Yeah. Um, they're, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, retheme of Buzz Lightyear Astro Blaster coming soon to Tomorrowland. Um, <laughs> no, I, I loved the, um, the, the, uh, the duel between Din and the one Dark Trooper. Yeah. Um, that you think, oh my gosh, there's like 30, 40 of these left. Um, if someone with like uh, in- invincible armor almost gets uh, taken by it, then when they're all at the door getting ready to break in, then everyone else is all but certain to be gone for. Um, so they, they definitely, you know, every time they went somewhere, it was tense. Um, I love the way that they were brought back. You know, he opens the airlock and they go shooting out and you think, all right, problem solved. And then they're all up there on the bridge and they think that everything's taken care of and they say we're being boarded and there's no life forms and they just all come shooting right back up. Uh, I love that. And and just the design of them too. I don't, you know, I wonder if we'll ever see them again after the Mandalorian because they're not in the sequels. Although yeah. maybe they were and we just didn't see them. But I love the design of them. Um, you know, I, I don't want to just... Uh, get at poking at a joke here, but I was never scared of battle droids in the prequels. Um, no. The the ones that roll around and were in yeah. the Phantom Menace, those were intimidating, but the Roger Roger guys, yeah. the, they... someone with a lightsaber always made easy work of them. Yeah. Um, these droids meant business. These are the droids I was looking for. <laughs> It took you a long, a long way to get there, but you got there. <laughs> you, you landed it. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, when they get back to the, to the uh, bridge, and Bo-Katan is very upset that she doesn't have, yeah. she can't defeat Moff Gideon. I'm assuming this is foreshadowing a conflict that is to come in season three, perhaps. Oh, it's not a. Yeah. I mean, they're not just going to leave it unanswered. Um, I wouldn't think. No, no. And um, when when they come, they they talk about if this all goes according. Um, Bo-Katan says, "I'm going to take it to Mandalore." Um, mm-hmm. So you have to figure that's where they're going. 
Um, and if they're both going to Mandalore, one of them is going to end up with, with the uh, the dark saber. And it's it's tricky because you know it's uh, Din wants to give it to her. This is not something that he you know feels responsibility for um, or has the you know the mantle to take. But he can't just hand it to her. Yeah. So he I is, think the dynamic of where those two are going to go is he's the be heir to the throne or whatever now. Trusted. Yeah, yeah, and so um, and wherever they take that, and then how their interactions going forward, you know, are maybe going to continue to influence Mando to rethink his doctrine and his creed as he already did in this season with taking the helmet off and everything. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It seems to me. I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones. I have um, not, but. In Game of Thrones, there is one person, one character, Daenerys Targaryen, mother of dragons, who is obsessed with becoming the queen. That's what she wants the throne. She wants the power, and that's her whole mission. And there's another character, again, spoiler alert, there's another character, Jon Snow, who, through no fault of his own, we learn that he is the rightful heir. Um and you have this conflict that exists between the person who has the power but doesn't who's been given the power who doesn't want it and the person who wants it more than anything but can't have it um and they doesn't and have it yeah and and that they work together but then that's ultimately the thing that drives them apart as well and so this has a i wonder if they're yeah. going to have that dynamic that that Bo-Katan and Mando are on the same team but now he has this thing that apparently the Mandalorian creed will not allow him or allow her to take it from him willingly. She has to fight him. She has to defeat him. So I'm assuming that is going to be the central tension in the last, that's going to be a, in the next season. But of course I'm, assu- yeah. I'm also assuming yeah. that the last, the next season is going to be missing a character, um, which I'm guessing. Here we go. I'm guessing that Grogu, Baby Yoda, is gone, and and uh, we won't see him again. Yeah, it's a it really um, in the, in that moment. Not to skip ahead, um, but in the moment when a Jedi shows up, it really didn't hit me that this is where it's been leading all along and that this is, you know, going to be a parting of ways until it actually happens. Um, You know, I do think we'll see him again. Um, Mando made sure to say before handing him off that they would see each other again. Um, But under what circumstance that's going to be, I don't know Um, how that's going to happen. I don't know. And when, you know, I don't know. Will it be next season? Will it be a couple of years from now? Um, uh, it's it's up in the air and that's, that's so bittersweet because that dynamic between the two of them has driven the show since the first episode. So thinking about episodes without him is going to be, you know, what, what's going to fill that? I'm sure that him and Bo-Katan is what's going to fill that, but um where we go from here is, is just going to be interesting. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine we don't see him again, whether it's in the show or somewhere else. I, I think there will be a reunion at some point, but in the Too meantime, it's just, incredibly, it's just incredibly bittersweet. 
Yeah, yeah. and they, <laughs> they there are who knows how many uh, Grogu plushes <laughs> out there in the world. No, no but yeah. uh, I, I at least I really really hope so. I, I want to see Grogu after being trained by the Jedi, and who knows what he's going to be able to do the next time we see him. It, it, it is bittersweet, but exciting too. I had never, I, I don't mind saying, I had never in any Star Wars film ever felt uh, emotionally moved or no, well, had, a, had, a, had a bit of a tug at my heart or a lump in my throat. But that goodbye scene, oh my gosh. Yeah. Rip, rip yeah. your heart out, man. Yeah. I, 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 that, that hit me like, like, like nothing else in the Star Wars canon has ever, wow. has ever done. But let's talk about happier things. When that X-Wing came in and we see this mask, we see this faceless figure. Well, just to say when the X-Wing shows up. Yeah. The X-Wing you, shows you, up and we hear the sound, the whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's meant to be this kind of threatening yeah. sound and, and the X-Wing shows up. You start to think, is it? You know, yeah. you, you are wondering if a Jedi is going to come show up and pull them out of this mess that they were in. And when there's so when, an X-Wing, you start to think, who's a Jedi who flies an X-Wing? Now, when the X-Wing showed up... your heart up, starts racing. When the X-Wing showed up, did you at before we saw anything else? Did you think there was a Jedi on that next wing? I, I did not. Really, I thought it was the well, New Republic coming in. I mean, yeah. I, here's what: whenever the X wing shows up and Cara Dune says, "Like, oh, one X wing, that'll be," you know, yeah. it doesn't fire anything; it just flies in. Mm-hmm. When the X wing showed up, I was watching it with a friend who's a, also a, a big, big Star Wars fan. When it showed up, we both looked at each other and flipped out of our seats. I'm not kidding. We were on <laughs> our feet because we were like, you know, what if it's Luke? Yeah. And um, then you get the shot of him in the hallway with the uh, hood up and you're like, okay, that's that's a Jedi. And then the lightsaber comes out, but it's on a black and white camera, so you don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. So what was piecing it together like for you? Well, I, I kind of had the same experience. I didn't think... Until we saw the figure, I didn't think it was a Jedi. I thought it was going to be New Republic of some kind. Uh, Actually, when when we first heard the alarm going off, I assumed it was Boba Fett coming back. Yeah, yeah. But So then we see this figure walking through, and eventually we see that it's a green lightsaber. And I thought, well, this is going to be some character from Rebels. Gloved hand. Yeah, when I saw the gloved hand... (laughs) <laughs> then I was like, well, hold on a second here. And and until the moment he took off the hood, I did not believe it was going to be Luke Skywalker. I I thought they're giving me, they're yeah. teasing us in all these ways, and then they're going to do the bait and switch. And it's going to be some new character that they want to introduce and they want to do a series about or something like that. Um, but then he took off the hood and we get video game Luke. <laughs> Who I, I, mean, I have to say, it it was a bit jarring to to see the the CGI de aging, but however they okay. went about doing that, yeah, yeah, I did not know for sure it was him until that you know, um, until it got really really close. But there's just the excitement 
of they're giving you more and more clues than is again kind of intended to make you think twice like oh well is this all being put here and then they're going to bait and switch at the end but it's just it was so exciting and and um the kind of parallel hallway scene with luke and the dark troopers kind of paralleling vader and rogue one Mm -hmm. with the rebels i thought that just um is when i was like oh my gosh this is reminding me of something and they're connected and um every aspect of how those scenes were done the music i thought was incredible i've been listening to it uh in my car on spotify for the past couple of days the track is called a friend and it's amazing um to just again the way it's it's framed and you get hint by hint by hint you go from the x-wing to the hood to the lightsaber to the gloved hand and then we'll talk about the reveal um was just so so well done and it had you know i don't know what this would have looked like in a movie theater but um i was we were jumping up and down <laughs> i'm not gonna lie there there was it it uh it was bonkers um and i still re-watching it a second time got that same feeling from it again i can't wait to rewatch it yeah it you bring up the darth vader scene i think in rogue one we finally were able again because filmmaking technology has improved <laughs> but yeah we were finally able to see what darth vader was capable of that we never really saw we in the original films we never saw darth vader go after a a, a battalion of <laughs> soldiers or whatever he was always just kind of this ominous looming figure in rogue one we get to see what he's capable of um and then the same can be said about luke we never truly got to see what a fully trained luke skywalker could do until this until we see him coming through yeah. and these these big imposing droids that no one else was any match for he makes mm. short work of them yep um yep so which i i need to go on on a, on a short little tangent here um i don't know if this was your thought but i just i don't know anyone personally who was saying this but there was talk about it online uh people who were saying oh my gosh this is the luke that i wanted to see in the last Jedi, like this is my version of Luke, yada yada yada, and I, I just, I don't understand how um, you can't see that this is all the same character. It, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, this is the Luke that was in the last Jedi, but the Luke in the last Jedi had had another thirty years in a traumatic experience, and I think this. Um, the state of Luke when you see him as a uh, a clearly fully trained um, you know just like you said making short work of these in- intimidating droids and how powerful he is that brings home how devastating what happens later in his life is to him in The Last Jedi and then of course at the end of that movie again seeing how powerful he is again but I just I, I really loved how consistent this was and how it is filling in that that gap of at the end of Return of the Jedi, you know that this is what he's capable of, but you never see it. Um, mm-hmm. because he truly becomes a Jedi whenever he um throws the saber down and says, You're gonna have to kill me instead of, you know, me turning to the dark side. 
this is like what comes after that. And yeah. this is filling in. I, I just um, loved how consistent it was with everything about Luke. Um, in addition to it just being super, super cool to see. Um, just, I mean, this is stuff that I'm, you know, I was not alive in 1983, um, but that I'm sure people who saw this movie at the time have only been dreaming of since then um, and see it in live action. I didn't have as big a problem with it as some people did, but um, it was it was like a dream come to life. This um, That's part of what makes it so unreal and so cool. Listen, uh, we all know Collins is a Last Jedi stan and was... was... <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna find a way to find a way to defend that movie. I no, I agree with you. I I think um, uh, <laughs> I, I think the only chatter I heard saying, about I'm, I'm saying I'm saying it's all great. I'm not. <laughs> I, I think uh, the only chatter I heard about that was I think a retweet of yours. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I think oh, you it? see you <laughs> well, see two you see a young in his prime Luke Skywalker is what we never got to see. But certain until yeah. this episode, but certainly in Last Jedi, you saw how powerful this person had become. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yoda never did that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, there's especially after this, there's there's no way you can't say that Luke is the most uh, powerful person we've ever seen, if not in mm-hmm. the entire galaxy. Uh, I, I I'm not trying to say one is better than the other. I all I'm trying to say is I loved how consistent I thought this was with the Luke of the originals and the Luke of sequels. This is like a bridge in between and it's just incredibly cool um, yeah. on its own. So that, that that's my bit. Back, back to Mando. I decided to get that in there. Well, I, I <laughs> For loved... the one person, the one person who listens <laughs> to the show and thinks that way because um, yeah. I, Twitter is not real life. I just was seeing chatter in the Star Wars. Anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> I love how I love the last scene. I love how it ended, mm-hmm. where Grogu goes away, they disappear, and you just see a, a shot of of Mando and all of his his buddies. He's standing there without his helmet and looking as if his heart's been ripped out, but that now he has completed this this mission that he'd been given, and now yeah. what do I? What do I do next? Which I think, again, leaves it wide open for whatever season three can be. Um, but and something I'm very much looking forward to answering. But in our last couple of minutes here, I did want to quickly. Yeah. There were all these new series and movies and stuff that were announced a, a week or two ago, and then at the end in the post-credit scene, we got the announcement of another, another. series. Uh, the Book of Fett. Is that what it's called? Am I right here? The uh, the Book of Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. There you go. Yep. So um, that it, I guess will be another Disney Plus series. So I guess my question to you, just in, in our next minute or two, of all the things that are coming, all of it was thrown at us very quickly. Here, you will have all the Star Wars and you will like <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I told a- you... But, I've told you Go before ahead. how that's that's weird for me. Yeah. <laughs> because I I grew up that there were there were three Star Wars films and that's the, just the way it was. And and you won't get any more. 
and a holiday special. Yeah. And then we got the prequels and they're like, okay, well, fair enough. But then the mouse bought it and now it's, they're putting out all this stuff. Some of which is awesome, like Mandalorian and, and then others you can critique. So I don't know how to feel about all this, but I'm going to watch that Boba Fett show. Oh yeah. And that's, (laughs) that's, that's around the bend. I mean, that's not like, it didn't say, you know, coming 2023, that's next Christmas. Um, yeah, which surprised me because that was kept under wraps. Um, that entire investor Disney Day was just absurd. Um, I still think I'm finding out stuff that was announced there because it was like four hours of just announcement after announcement after announcement for theatrical release in Disney Plus and something else. I don't know, but um, on the Star Wars front, I think the things I'm most looking forward to um, that they announced then was obviously the Obi-Wan show. Um, I think they, one thing that's helped me get perspective of it and um, maybe will change your perspective of it too, is that some of these announcements are not going to be continual series like uh, the Mandalorian. They are going to, some of them are going to be four episodes, one shot. That's it. Um, yeah. Like, I think that's how Obi-Wan's going to be. It's going to be a six or eight part series. If we get that rather than, like, I, I love Rogue One, a mm-hmm. Star Wars story. I did not like Solo, a Star mm-hmm. Wars story. But if I can have, if I can have short miniseries, essentially, yeah. To to fill in those gaps and tell those little stories that are of the quality of a Mandalorian, I'll take that all day long. <laughs> exactly. And then the Ahsoka show, of course, will be interesting. Having seen her now in um, The Mandalorian, she'll have Rosario Dawson back. And I would assume that that's going to pick up where we left off in the show. Yeah. Well, Collins, I enjoyed The Mandalorian season two. Yeah. But only half as much as I've enjoyed talking to you about the Mandalorian season two. So we'll get together when season three rolls around. Well, this is the way. (laughs) This is the way. Hey, you know what, uh, you know what is the way is making sure that you smash that subscribe, that you leave us a five star review and that you become a regular listener to among other things.